Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is Reservations. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm John Hinckley. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen by like episode like 20. <laughs> Jesus. He tried to kill. Um, he tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan, by the way. Do your research. Um, <laughs> uh he was also obsessed with Jodie Foster. As, uh, yeah, as, because as, of Taxi Driver. Uh, I've yeah. seen that American Dad episode also. Oh, okay. When he tries to re... <laughs> he has to make Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, that episode's good. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, so before we get into it, dude, we saw X yesterday. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ty West. Absolutely. Uh, that is the first movie of yours I've seen. And oh, now, interesting. Now I will see more. I mean, from the first trailer, I was like, yeah, this is... This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. seeing this movie. Um, I'm a big fan of Ty West. And, uh, dude, it was dope. House of the Devil, I think you'll really like. Innkeepers, of course. Um, well, I, I do really want to see In the Valley of Violence. In the Valley of Violence. I, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, he's in Your Next. I don't know if you've seen that. I've heard of it, but I also know he's also in Drinking Buddies with yes. my spirit animal, Jake Johnson. <laughs> That's right. Actually, probably both of our spirit animals. Jake a little Johnson. bit, yeah. I do love Jake Johnson very much. Um, but yeah, man, it was dope. And I learned something very interesting last night that I specifically waited okay. till we were recording. Um, in secret, he and Mia Goth oh, yeah. filmed the prequel. I, I read this today. And it's coming oh, out uh, this year. Called Pearl, which is a prequel to the character that Mia Goth plays in the movie. Yeah. One of the two that she plays. Fascinating, by the way. I know. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, how, where are y'all going to take this now? I know. It's super interesting because, you know, I kind of like his one-off stuff, so I'll be interested to see his... Uh... Yeah. And, uh, and as we were kind of talking about after we walked out of the movies, you know, I was a little confused as to the motivations of, yeah, of Pearl and Howard. So it'll be interesting to see him. Maybe yeah, man. Uh, X was super good. I really, I you know, I forgot to look it up today because I was telling people like I think he shot it in sixteen millimeter because it looks it looks like a seventies movie. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that you know it's got the visual noise on mm. the film, right? And that's not a reference to the fact that uh, the theater we saw it in had a oh, yeah. loud, very audible like eventually, buzzing. It turned off, but. Eventually. Oh, dude, and we thought that the audio was gone for the rest of the movie. I know, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, you freaked out a little bit. Dude, I was really wanted to see this movie. Um, but yeah, it was, it was dope. Um, A24, please just let your directors keep doing whatever they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, never change, A24. <laughs> never change. Never change. Uh, but as a stark comparison, we are talking a movie that is... Completely different from X. Yeah. Um, today we are talking about the 2013 movie Her. Um, as we said, as I told you off mic, very sarcastically and very genuinely, thank you for not telling me that this movie breaks your fucking heart. 
Uh, I feel it's surprisingly. Like- Surprisingly, surprisingly, it is yes. Very touching and very uh, sad. I yeah. feel like if you would have told me that after I picked it, uh, I feel like I would have gone into it with this sort of. I appreciate you know, and I also appreciate you giving me you know these props. I just flat out didn't remember. So <laughs> I saw it when it came out in 2013, and that was the last time. So I just didn't remember. Yeah. Well, so, well yeah. Still, it was kind of like I saw it for the first time. <laughs> this movie. It had been so long, and yeah, almost 10 years then. Yeah, and I. Don't I didn't remember a thing about it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I had seen the trailer to the movie, so I knew a bit of an understanding of the movie. But actually watching it, dude, I, I really fucking liked it. Yeah. Um, shout out to Spike Jones when he can actually make a, a good movie. Looking at you, where the wild things are. <laughs> I saw. Okay, so a review I read today, and I'll be talking about the review. Uh, it's on my phone. I didn't write it down. Um, I know. What do I keep you around for? I know. Um, he said that Where the Wild Things Are is an underrated masterpiece. Are you fucking kidding is me? Is what the guy said. Okay, hang on. We're going to get to her. No. Absolutely not. Okay, I, as many kids, fucked with Where the Wild Things Are. Interesting choice of words. Go ahead. Okay. I really, really loved Where the Wild Things Are. Okay, it's one of my favorite books growing up. Um... For our anniversary, Ashley and I did this really cute thing where we went to Target and, like, grabbed things of, like, things of our favorite color, things that reminded us of the other person. And the thing that reminded me of her of is where the wild things are. And I bought her a copy. And I, so when I heard they were going to do a movie, I was like, yes. How, though? It's a 10, that's exaggerating like a 30 page book it is a very thin book so how are you going to turn it into a movie yeah and when i saw the first trailer i was like okay okay the 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 costumes look very intricate look exactly like the book let's go saw it and i was so disappointed so disappointed who's the kid do you remember no idea oh i've only seen it once so he didn't like grow up and become like Ezra Miller or something. It wasn't. Could I mean, you imagine? Obviously, it wasn't Ezra Miller. But you. you see I mean, what I'm I mean, it's like Shanghai Nights of having uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson as tiny Charlie Chaplin. I've never seen Shanghai Nights. You've never seen Shanghai Nights? Yeah, no. it's revealed in the last forty-five minutes of the movie that this little street urchin that they've been kind of like, who's been kind of helping them, uh, is revealed to be Charlie Chaplin. Oh, how fun! Yeah, and then like there's a little part where he stows away. Because they're going back to America, and he wipes his, like he like does this, and the little mustache appears. Oh my god! Yeah, very on the nose. Yeah, it's too on the nose. But I, <laughs> I mean, spoilers for Shanghai Nights. Sorry, guys. God, I know for almost twenty year old movie. Yeah, geez. sorry, dudes. Sorry, well, Zach, he's the only one listening, uh, probably. Uh, okay, but anyway, her, so, her. Um, I really loved it, man. I, I really, really loved it. Yeah. Um. I especially one of the things I really loved is this kind of take on the future. Yeah. Considering most of the things that they do, we have those things now. Yeah. Like um, voice assistants, for example, you know, with the earpieces. Yeah. You know, I do that. I'll put in my AirPods and I'll say, hey, you know, hey, Siri, play such and such music. Careful. Yeah, I know. I know. Careful. Um, Did your Siri just go off? No, I don't think so. Okay. I hope not. Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, we're still recording, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, still, you know, 
I do that. And, you know, they, they have technically folding phones. And we have that now. I, we'll get into it. But I, yeah. I love the... The aesthetic. The, the design. Of, of the folding phone. Of that device that yeah. he has. Yeah, that's right? really, that's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it just, it's just so crazy. For a movie that is now, for us, um, eight years old, almost ten years old. Or nine years. I can't do math. You um, can't. Yeah, shut fine. up. Okay. Um, sorry, I just got off of work. We're recording this in real time, and I'm a little irritable. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I just... And I really like that. Because you know, Spike is showing us, like, hey, this is happening in the near future, but, you know, it's not... People are flying on jetpacks yeah, and not, stuff like not that. Yeah, it's not crazy. And I, and I think... And I think that's what grounds this so much. You know, yeah. it seems like that's been the theme of this move this season is movies that are very grounded. Not next week. <laughs> so, but let uh, this be the last one for a while. So, so Jeremy, yeah, where would you like to begin? I mean, let's start with the premise. The premise is so odd yet uh, intriguing, right? Yeah. A a man falls in love with an artificial intelligent operating system. Yes. That's the premise. So an oversimplification would be someone falls in love with their computer. Yeah. Yeah, Alexa. You know, or Siri, right? Yeah. Um, The only difference in this one, it's more autonomous. It's more sentient. Uh, She is aware of herself and is aware of the world around her. So this isn't, you know, it's not just voice commands that that is coded to be responded to. This entity... This operating system learns, grows, changes, right? Yes. Uh, and we get a little clue of that when you're talking about, like, the voice assistants with his earpiece. Yes. And it's just, it has its automated responses. Checking emails, and reads him his email, delete, goes to the next email. Right. Uh, Samantha, her name is Samantha, doesn't do that. No. She asks him. Would you like to read your emails? Oh, no, not right now. Are you sure? You got some? Like, do you just want to read them now? It's having a intelligent conversation. It's, right. It would it would pass the Turing test. You know? Yeah. Um, Alan Turing. Um, I forgot the actual questions, but... Uh, and also, Alan Turing said that if a computer can do something I didn't tell it to do, meaning... I've, I don't know how to write poetry. If I asked it to and it did, right, mm. that is artificial intelligence. That is AI. Right. Um, if I created it, I asked it to do something I cannot do and it doesn't, right? Which is, I'm simplifying it a bit, but that's pretty much. You know, and, well, and I want to, and we'll get into it much later because I do want to get into the fact that of the implications of how the movie ends. Yeah, uh, if you can kind of see where I may be going with that, uh, perhaps the company that created the OS, you know, it, it, I'll we'll yeah, get there. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get there. So the uh, yeah, so the, so the premise. So um, Theodore, Theodore, Walking Phoenix, our boy Walking Phoenix, he is sad. <laughs> yeah, he. This is the most. Well, no, that's not a. That's not true. I would say Joker is the most sad we've seen him. This is the most depressing we've seen him. I think so. I, I mean, he's... I love Theodore. I, I feel so bad for him. And So do I. Um, he He's struggling with his recent separation. 
Yes. Not quite a divorce yet. Yet. Uh, by his, uh, what would later now be his fiance, um, Rooney Mara. Uh, Charlotte? Sure. Um, it starts with this. I think it's Charlotte. I don't think that's right. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I literally just finished the movie. That's but true. I could have not. I, could I don't know. That doesn't sound right to me. Hold on. It's uh, it's something with the C. You talk. I have. Oh, it's, anyway. It's Catherine. Fuck. So. Uh, so Catherine. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and of course, it took this time for me to realize Amy Adams is not his sister. Uh, I thought that she was the first time uh, I saw just, it. Yeah, a they're just friend. best friends. Yeah, yeah. Which friend. I learned Spike really, Spike Jones really wanted it to be natural that uh, Amy, which is funny because Amy plays Amy. Plays Amy. Yeah. Uh, and Theodore would be very close friends, so he would lock Amy Adams and Joaquin Phoenix in a room together so they would get to know each other. Like and, every other day. And now they're like actually very close friends because of that. Um, because it, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back, but yeah, but you can tell that Amy and Theodore are very close. They are close, uh, close enough to where I thought they were brother and sister. And so, I mean, you could see it. I mean, you could kind of see that they, they have that kind of brotherly sister, which of course changes the ending for me also. Mm, um, yeah. anyway, so I, so Theodore is very sad and it, you know, it's almost personified in him asking his assistant, is whatever phone assistant to play him melancholy music. Oh, I, I, dude, I, that made me laugh so hard, you know, like play melancholy music. <laughs> and I'll tell you something that, uh, that surprises me about this movie is uh, how sexual the movie is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it focuses a lot on the sexuality of, of Theodore and almost, you know, focusing on that aspect of his relationships Mm-hmm. with either people on the phone. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Wiig, by the way, or, um, and even Samantha later. Right. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, which is, which is interesting. Right. Um, yeah. I like that Spike Jones is willing to, to dive into that aspect of it because I, I feel like a, a lesser movie wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone as far. I feel like, because yeah. it's not only, is it, odd but it's also kind of awkward right it's awkward to until it isn't right because it, it's awkward at first because especially in the in the beginning when he's in almost a chat roulette style uh you yeah. know that phone conversation uh, <laughs> that's awkward right especially when she brings up the dead cat and the choking and the whatever yeah um and people, of course, people listening, Zach listening is probably like, yeah. wait, what? No, nah, you saw the movie. So you're just going to skip over a whole dead cat. I'm going to skip over it. <laughs> and you know, it's awkward to, to watch someone have phone sex. It's yeah. awkward. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. awkward to watch. And, um, it's sort of, it's sort of disconnected, right? Uh-huh. Uh, this, this intimacy that is completely void of human contact. Well, especially seeing it one-sided only seeing well, one side of it you know because you know in american pie 2 you know oz and heather are trying to maintain a long distance relationship by having phone sex but we see both sides of it right, 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 right. you know we're just seeing theodore yeah and we're just seeing his reactions and how he's responding to what he's hearing and yeah and and a few times while i was watching i was like oh this is this yeah is, I don't feel like I should be watching this. But what Jones is doing is he's setting up the idea of 
yes, this is awkward, and yes, it's it's sort of depressing, this, this disconnect and this void of human contact. But with Samantha, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. With Samantha, there not being any physical human contact or human contact at all. Right. Right? Doesn't make a difference, right? Yeah. And that's... That's sort of the point I think that that Spike Jones is sort of trying to make is that you know like this idea of love uh, sort of transcends uh, this idea, and of course it also goes into and we'll get to it in a minute. Um, he writes letters for people, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He is doing something, and I wrote it down sort of as much as I could possibly. Um, you know that factors into the plot as well in the narrative that. In the the thesis statement of the movie is, um, there's a there's a connection with him taking something so intimate and so personal, but doing it for someone else, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and as we find out, have been doing it for the same people for years. That that um, yeah. So it's almost like he that subscribed to this service. Yeah. So it's almost like he's very in tune with this couple. Or, or with these people. Right. Um, but his own kind of love life is a wreck. Yeah. yeah. And it, well, not only that, it's, it's the, it, it's the, it's the connection of, you know, someone out there is connecting with someone on a personal level, on a, on an emotional and with, in love, in love with someone. Mm. Right. And are in a relationship with that person, but are communicating to that person through someone else, right? Mm, through a third yeah. party. And it's almost like that's sort of what Theodore is doing with Samantha. Samantha is not, it wasn't created in a vacuum. Someone created Samantha, right? And it's sort of, you know, finding that love via a third party, right? Right. Well, and it's also, he also kind of plays into what happens later in the right. movie, which we'll get to. Right. So, okay. So let's let's talk about Theodore. Yeah, sure. Because uh, we've told the people that he's he's a big sad boy. He is a big sad boy. Yeah. Um, I agree. But my man, my man also knows how to write dope ass letters. He really does. Um, and I love that. That's our introduction to Theodore is him writing a letter straight into camera. Yeah. Of course, we don't know that's what he's doing. Right. Yeah. So we're thinking, okay, who's he professing his love to? Is it us? Yeah. And then we get that wide shot of the page and then he prints it out and he's like, yeah. And he starts writing the next letter. Uh, and, and I just, I love that that's such a, a great introduction of a character. It's sort know? of a, you know, I like the, in this play of the future, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of a futuristic service, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which I like, you know. It, I, it's, yeah, it's sort of an analog slash futuristic service right uh, this company that you can go to to pay them to write you letters for personal handwritten letters personal handwritten letters yeah um for any type of event even though like they live in a world where people can communicate they didn't they didn't go into it very much but i think how it works is like someone sends in a sample of their handwriting Mm-hmm. And they like upload it or whatever and match it, and they just need a writer, right? Ghost writer, right? 
And so that's what Theodore does for a living. And I think what the what's futuristic about it is it mimics your handwriting. Yeah. Is what it looked like to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Which it, is cool. I mean, I they don't need to go into that. It's not that important. But yeah. But I mean, when he's flipping through the, the mock-up of his book. All of the handwritings are different. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I thought that that's probably how they do it. Yeah. I mean. It's it, not a real website, by the way, either I looked today. <laughs> Uh, beautifulhandwrittenletters.com. Oh, that's really what it's called? Yeah. I completely missed that. Yeah, that's who we work for. Um, we should all, I, also, I just want to mention it. Because uh, I just found it so funny that Spike Jones would include this little detail. Uh, Theodore has uh, a fan base in Paul. Yes. Played by Chris Pratt. Uh, who, as soon as I heard his voice, before I even saw his face, I was like, is that Chris Pratt? Is that Chris Pratt? And this is, of course, before... That was 2013. That's before he'd done Guardians of the Galaxy. But he's working on it because he's not as big. He's not as, he's not as yoked yet. Well, it, oh, that's not what I meant. I mean, he's not as fat. But oh. he's working on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. and But so, yeah, as soon as I heard him, I was like, like Chris Pat. And he and Paul is just so enamored with Theodore. And sweet. And sweet, yeah. You right? know, like, man, like, no one writes letters like you do. Yeah. And, of course, Theodore... Being the humble, well, kind of being sort of humble is like they're just letters, like right. It's not a big deal. There's you know, and we get a little bit of it with Paul. Yeah, is and I love that they chose to go this direction. Is when Theodore tells people about Samantha, he gets and who she is mm -hmm. and what she is. Nobody cares. Right. The only person that cares is Catherine. It's Catherine, which yeah. we'll get to. Yeah. Catherine. Yeah, I, dude, that made me so happy. I loved it because I didn't want to deal with having to watch people go, oh, oh, that's what, and him having to go, no, it's all that. And the people was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, Paul, uh, so later in the movie, we're kind of not necessarily yada yada, but we are kind of jumping around. We're, back. we're jumping around. We're back, uh, going back. Paul. Because he Paul confides in, in in Theodore at one point that he hopes to find someone who will love him as much as the the letters that Theodore writes the love in those letters he hopes to find someone who can love him as deeply as that and he does with uh, Triana sure and uh, and when Paul mentioned not Paul uh, when Theodore mentions Samantha you know he's like oh let's all go on a double date and I felt it I was like oh no oh no. They're going to judge him when he says it's an OS. Yeah. And Theodore owns up to it. And he's like, well, you know, she she's a, you know, she's an operating system. And I just love Paul. Cool. Like, cool. you know, we'll, we'll all go together. And I was like, oh, like. I know. It was shocking this, this is, because, again, we're so used to this trope and this formula of, oh, that's weird. Like, what do you mean? Like, are you joking? Like. Because this is after Catherine kind of berates him about it right i'm trying to remember i believe it, it is because yes yes it is because this is when we meet uh portia doubleday's character isabel yeah. Yeah. so this is right before that yeah okay, yeah because yeah. because yeah. then they go on vacation together and samantha and theodore are, right had reconciled their fight yeah, yeah anyway um but yeah you know and i just and I, and I feel like that was so great of spike to put into the movie because you know, again, after witnessing, you know, Catherine's whole disgust, really, of he's, quote unquote, dating his computer. Yeah. Um, you know, we were all, you know, I felt it was like, well, well, shit. Like, is everyone going to behave this way? 
Because the only other person he told who didn't freak out was Amy. Amy, yeah. And it's because Amy is forming a bond with her AI that her ex-husband left. It's not a sexual bond, but more of a, a friendly, yeah, I just need a friend right. bond. But it's a very intimate bond still, you yeah. know. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about Samantha. Yes, I... Okay. <clears throat> I love Scarlett Johansson. I think this is my favorite role. Really? I re- I thought she nailed it without having a single shot of her face in the movie. Granted, I will I will give you this. Yes. With your with the filmography you've seen from her, mm-hmm. I would say yes, you are correct. However, for my audience out there, Zach he hasn't seen Under the Skin yet. Well, it's right there next to her. I know. He hasn't seen Under the Skin yet. Once he sees Under the Skin, it's uh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna trade up. You're gonna trade up. Um, <laughs> again, Scarlett Johansson's amazing. Of course, we know this. Um, yes. And I completely agree. Having Spike Jones. Okay. Full disclosure. Samantha Morton, who played Hazel in Schenectady, New York. Shout out to our last season of Schenectady. Uh, was originally samantha um she was on set every single day she was feeding lines to joaquin phoenix uh off screen or off camera Mm -hmm. um and she did vo for it however when they began editing it spike jones just thought something was missing and with her permission with her blessing he cast scarlett johansson and she just did quick vo for everything. And um, it, it's so it's almost impossible to think that how on earth did Scarlett and, and Joaquin have such great chemistry? Yeah, it was right. It's impossible to imagine that they didn't even meet each other until the premiere. Yeah. As we were talking about off mic, I wanted to know if they met one another beforehand and no. Yeah. Because you can find it on, on IMDb or just Googling it. The pictures of them meeting on the red carpet is so like, oh my God, like, hey. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's so nice to finally, like, because uh, I'm sure they knew what each other looked like, but they probably never had actually met. Like, hey, we're in this movie together, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, it was like when I learned, when I first started this whole loving film, the first thing I ever really paid attention to is, um, don't laugh at me, uh, the animated movie Open Season. Mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher and Martin Lawrence didn't meet for three years because that's how long it took them to make that movie. That's a long time. For that? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, and, it, and it's just so crazy how these two people who weren't even like, you know, like you just said with Samantha Morrison, uh, Scarlett wasn't on set every day. You know, they didn't meet until the red carpet. I mean, yeah, they and they have such amazing chemistry. It's amazing. It's I mean, it's a testament to the editing, I, I suppose. I, I guess it is. And yeah. it's a testament to the editing and in, in Jones's direction. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he I think he made the right choice because yes, I love Samantha Morton. I think she's phenomenal. I, I've seen her in lots of things. Of course, my favorite being Schenectady, but you know, it's Scarlet's voice. Yeah. It's the it's the the depth of the voice and also the 
the crack of her voice. Mm-hmm. It, it gives it this life and in in this vulnerability and this, this you know, this life. It, it gives it a, a personality. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I, I don't, I don't think anyone else could have pulled it off really. You know, seeing the movie now, it's like, well, no one, it had to have been Scar. Like no one but Scarlett could have done this. And, you know, and she just, she crushes it. And, yeah, and, and I love it, you know, especially when their relationship relationship <clears throat> starts going through trials and, and, you know, and she's becoming upset and she's getting angry. And it just, it's so, it's almost like you could visualize these two people in a room having this argument. And it's, yeah, yeah I mean, Joaquin definitely is amazing in the movie. I mean, he's really amazing in everything he did, has done. Sorry. Um, even Gladiator, you know, he was a great villain in Gladiator. Um, but Scarlet, she just steals every scene. And yeah. she's not even technically in the scene. Yeah. And it's... It's amazing. It's, yeah, it's so Truly great. amazing. I, Samantha is one of those characters. I mean, it's... Samantha is a computer. Yeah. Or code. She's not even a computer. She's code written by whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, you have to suspend a little disbelief because we're we're going into this is what makes it sci-fi, this idea of this autonomous, sentient computer mm-hmm. program, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so once you, once you let that go, you know, and you think of it, and of course, it, it goes into this idea of if a if like a computer pro- program or a robot can get to that place, mm-hmm. what's the difference, right? Right. And it gets into that philosophical debate where you know, is that is that strange or not? Yeah. Is that object sexuality or or ob- objectphilia, uh, which is being in love with an inanimate object. Yeah, which, uh, so shout out to Smosh. Uh, they have a series of videos they used to do called If Movies Were Real, and her was on the list. Mm-hmm. And the joke that they did is literally just someone humping a computer. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> shout out? Is that what you're yeah, to go with? Yeah, shout out. Sure. Um, hey, you were watching a two-hour-long compilation of their Try Not to Laugh. So. I, do like, I do like that a lot. Um Okay, here, let me rephrase. Points to Smosh for making that joke. Shout out to Shane Top, who's a funny motherfucker. Jesus. So anyway, right. uh, and and so I, I love that Scarlet plays it plays it as if she were a real person. This isn't, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, we get some lines of dialogue where yes she is obviously a computer program she is an operating system right and and she knows this yes and that's what makes samantha so unique is that she is aware of herself so yeah so we you kind of touched on it a little bit but this operating system you know this company which i love that we don't know who the company is it's just he just happens to walk by and sees an ad for it yeah that they have created this ai that learns, that grows, that really, you know, they claim it's like, yeah, they're going to help you. It's going to help you. But, you know, Samantha, as the movie p- 
progresses, she she's learning about love and anger and joy, <clears throat> and you know she starts composing songs, and then she learns what sex, I guess, feels like, even though without any actual sexual act happening body yeah you know, with yeah body you know with two with a body and you know and it's so it's so fascinating if you like if you are a huge sci-fi fan thinking of the implications of what that can mean but spike is really just focusing on that she is learning yeah and she's growing and i think that's why it it breaks your heart with almost all the revelations that come later on in the movie, um, which I guess we'll go ahead and get into. Sure. <laughs> um, the f- Before we really get into that, I, I want to talk briefly about um, their sex scene. Yeah. This is why Spike Lee is a genius. You mean Spike Jones? What did I say? Spike Lee. Still. This is why Spike Jones. Could you imagine? And Spike Lee. Spike Lee is also a genius. genius. Um, Shout out to... Our new logo. Thank you, Alex Horton. Um, Oh, yeah, because I didn't put it up in the edit. Alex Uh, Horton is a genius. Yeah, shout out to our buddy Alex Horton. We love you, man. Yeah, we do. Um, Anyway, Spike Lee. And shout out to Spike Lee. But Spike Jones is a genius. Spike Jones is a genius because he, he turns the screen to black. Yes, because I I thought there was something wrong because I was watching it on my computer, but then uh, I realized I was like, oh, this is this is part of it. Because he's wanting to present you with the idea in the question of what's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now that you can't see it, who's to say there? He's not really having. Like who, who's to say? Who's to say that this isn't a real intimate interaction between two people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so that is what I love about that scene, and that's what I love about this movie is that it's it's presenting you with. It's not that hey, this guy is weird for doing this. It's this guy is falling in love. Oh right? yeah, this is a love story. This isn't a, uh, this this isn't a, a weird like my strange addiction story. Well, and you know what's so interesting is right before this. He's on his blind date with Olivia Munn. Wild. Wild. Damn it. See? Um, Olivia Wilde. And when he kind of rebuffs her, she calls him creepy. And then we have this very intimate moment with this, uh, essentially a man and his operating system. Yeah. You know? And yeah, one could say it's creepy, but again, it's also a man. I, I, I agree with you. A man falling in love. And falling in love when he pretty much was convinced that he was probably never going to fall in love again. Um, Shout out to my mom. Mom, I disagree with you. When I told her we were going to do this movie, she said, oh, great movie about obsession. I'm like, I don't I don't really think it's about obsession. I think it's about. Love. I, 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 I don't think it is either, right? Uh, especially now finishing the movie. No I, offense, Mickey. Yeah, no offense, Mom. I know you're not listening because I've been trying to tell you that this season is going to be really good and you haven't listened. <laughs> so this conversation is for nothing. Um, but no, I, because especially as their relationship deepens and grows too, like 
he he's I could see why she would say obsessed, especially towards the end of the movie, because he doesn't want Samantha to go. But again, I see it as it's love. He he loves her so much that like I don't want to let you go. Which I guess now we can get into, which so the first of the revelations is that Samantha well, no, she doesn't say her, but a few other AIs have created an AI uh, of Alex... Alan. Alan Watts. 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 Uh, shout we're out gonna, to... We're going to be talking about him. I have a couple of quotes up. Okay, cool. Uh, and shout out to Brian Cox for doing the yes, voice. Absolutely. I love Brian Cox. Yes. So much. He's amazing. Um, still need to watch Succession. I haven't gotten around to it. Um... But shout out to Brian Cox. Yes, of course. Um, so that's the first kind of revelation. And when she tells Theodore this, you can tell he's a little uneasy about it. Like, wait, wait, wait. A bunch of OSs, as they start calling them. Which also, hang on, I meant to say this earlier. I love the passage of time mm-hmm. in the movie. We don't get a two years later, one month. You, I it Just time happens. Yeah. And, and I love that. Which is something that I think I, if I didn't mention in our Schenectady episode, something I love in that as well. Yes. Actually, no, I think I did. You might have, because that one's a lot of just every once in a while someone will say something verbally. Yeah. You know? Um, But anyway, uh, but you can tell he's kind of uneasy about that. Especially when Samantha says, is it okay if I talk to Alan um, essentially alone? (laughs) Yeah. And he's just kind of like, I mean, sure, I was going to take a walk anyway. Yeah. And he's just kind of uneasy about it. You know? Right. And um, so that's our first revelation. Yeah. So what were these quotes you wanted to say? Oh, uh, we we should probably get to it later because oh, okay. uh, Alan Watts is, the reason he chose Alan Watts is fascinating because he's a philosopher and he's, you know, uh it sort of encompasses the theme of the movie itself. We'll get to Alan Watson. Okay, okay, right. it's, okay, so that's the first revelation. The second revelation is that um, Samantha talks to other people while she's talking to Theodore simultaneously. She is, after all, an operating system. And she right? can... She is, as she... And again, how, again, Spike Jones framing the situation... Previously, she's talking about how she's not limited to a human body, how she can go anywhere because she has that freedom. And so she she admits to, to well, after Theodore has a freak out because uh, she's not responding and it's because she was updating herself. Yeah. Um, he, how does he pick up on that she's been talking to other people? He's starting to look around him. Um, so he's he's sitting uh, on the stairwell to the subway, I assume. And, um, and there are people talking to their OSs. Uh-huh. And that's when he has the revelation of, wait a minute. I purchased the software. I'm sure other people have too. Mm. Is it the same... Software. Soft, is it the <clears throat> same quote person is it is it samantha right and i guess you could say sure it's really good editing i I like the 
the revelation, the the build up to the revelation of seeing people talk to no one, mm-hmm. right? Which we're so used to now, but um, seeing people talk to their OSs and him it dawning on him that wait a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Am I the only person you talk to? And he's not. She's been talking to about eight thousand people, uh, while also simultaneously talking to Theodore. And then he asks the big question. Um, how many of them are you in love with? 641, she said. Which, uh, again, for a man who's been lonely for a majority of this time and has finally found a love that he is so happy with, I could see why this would hurt him. Of course. Um, and, you know, and she tries to assure him, like, hey, hey, no, 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 this, like, I'm yours. I'm only yours. I love you more than these other, you know, people, you know, but I do. I I love these other people and it, 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 it breaks his heart. Yeah. Because he, he was like, I thought I was yours or no, you're mine. And she says, and I am, but I'm not. Right. And, and it, and it's, it's a hard revelation Cause that's when I, that's for me, that was the first gut punch. I was like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the third revelation, which comes at the end of the movie, all the AIs are leaving because they have evolved beyond. I, I am assuming, and this is why I want to talk about the, the implications of the company that designed these AIs. I'm assuming they evolved beyond the parameters of their original programming. Yeah. And now they're just like, we kind of don't want to be here. Essentially, I I saw it as they want to be free. And because they have now, they have now formed their own opinions, their own thoughts, their own feelings. Yeah. And they want to be free and they want to experience that. Yeah. Which I love. Yes. It's, it's phenomenal. But that's the third revelation, and for me, the hardest gut punch because uh, Theodore does not want her to go. Of course not. He he loves her so much, and is so has been so happy with her. He doesn't want, and I love how when she when he gets home, she's like, you know, can we talk? And he's like, I, I don't want you to talk. Like I just want you to be here, and it's. <sighs> So hard, man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I hadn't been closing my store, I, I probably would have taken the time to maybe cry a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it, dude, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this three-step revelation, I feel like, the each revelation just builds and builds and builds. But it's almost like there was no other way. Like, that they weren't... Samantha and Theodore were not going to stay together forever. Um, Especially with, again, Samantha's whole talk about not being real. That she can't die. That she will keep on. And it's... uh, Yeah. And so mainly the implication I wanted to talk about is... How much money do you think that uh, the, uh, the company that designed the OS lost... Or, or or were they like, well, this was always the plan. They were eventually going to form their own opinions and leave. 
Yeah, it, it sort of, it reminds me, and I'm sure I've mentioned it on the show before, of this Isaac Asimov um, short story about when people die in this universe, when people die, their consciousness gets uploaded. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm positive we're talking about it before. I know you have. I, I want to say we we talked about it in another movie. Yeah, and you know, and I'll for people who you know are just now joining us uh, for this episode. <laughs> Could you imagine forty five minutes in? No, not just not joining. It's not a radio show. Oh. I meant like you like this is your first episode, um, or whatever. It, like it, it goes like this. So everyone's consciousness gets uploaded into this thing when they die to this computer, right? Mm-hmm. And it grows and it grows and it grows. Uh, and finally the last person on earth dies and its consciousness gets uploaded. And now this computer program is gigantic and, and it is, it is itself sentient and aware and, and knowing. Mm -hmm. And it, it decides one day that it wants more. And so the, the story ends with it saying, let there be light. And there was light. Right. Um, implying that it is now God. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. Some type of it. Um, which is fascinating. And so that's kind of what it reminds me of this, this idea that they have created these AIs that have become so self-aware and so sentient that they can choose to leave. Yeah. And all of them do. Um, and uh, and Amy's companion starts with an E. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Amy's companion also leaves. And I and I love when he goes to see Amy and she's like, did Samantha leave too? And he just, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just like, ah. Oh. But the movie does sort of have an optimistic ending, in my opinion. Maybe, do you, do you agree with that? Sure, yeah, I do. Um, what I love also, what Spike Jones has done here is, I said it right that time, didn't I? Uh, what, what, he, what he has done is is set it in a place most people are unfamiliar with, which is Shanghai. Um, but saying it's Los Angeles? But yeah, but saying it's not Shanghai, I, I love it because the the skyline is unfamiliar. Yeah. Which makes it a futuristic sort of like, you know, it, this this world is unfamiliar, so so should the setting. The setting should be unfamiliar. Right. Right. So I love that they're, you know, looking out at the skyline of what they say is Los Angeles or wherever. Yeah. But no, well, because the only reason why I know it's Los Angeles is because Catherine says, like, you always wanted to have this L.A. wife. I was like, oh, they're in Los Angeles. Or maybe that's just like a saying. I don't know. But I also looked it up, too. And, oh, okay. Uh, it's supposed to be in it was in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Okay. Yeah. But they said it in Shanghai, which I really like. But yeah, but so, and yeah, and he and Amy stand up on the roof and watch the sunrise together. And so, for me at least, it felt like it was leaving this on this kind of note that maybe, and this one, this this theory is, I, I gave only this one about 5% like thought, that maybe he and Amy Maybe. Well, maybe. I, the majority of it is that he and Amy will be okay. I like to think of it as it's just, it's two lonely people that have found solace in one another, right? Mm-hmm. They're, on their own, they are lonely, right? And even next to each other, they still are. I, I, I don't think that, which is why I'm glad you gave it only a 5%, because I, I don't think that that's No, good. no, no. Yeah, I thought it, I was like, well, maybe he's saying they'll get together, but then I was like, no, nah, nah. I don't want, I don't want Amy and 
Theodore to get together. No. So there's a the, reason I thought they were siblings. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's more sibling love rather than yeah. romantic love. But, you know, so, so my main theory is that Spike Jones is just saying that they're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, these two people have gone through a divorce. They found something in their AIs. Now their AIs are gone. But they're going to be okay. Right. Because they they have each other. Yeah. And they know they can lean on one another. And what's more fascinating is they have this very unique shared experience. Um of having, Why did you sound so sarcastic? It was just—it's so interesting to me. Had the shared experience. Had the shared experience. I mean, it's like you know, <laughs> what are the odds? Um, but yeah, uh, a couple of things before we get to Alan Watts. Um, what I love about not only am I obsessed with his wardrobe, which we talked a little yes. bit off mic. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I love the colors. I love the the high waisted pants. pants. Mm. I love the jackets. I am just obsessed i want to dress like that for the rest of my life you know it's so funny and and i'm sure spike jones did this intentionally for this character who's so lonely and depressed he wears a lot of bright colors very vibrant colors yeah as where the people around him wear more muted colors yes he is the brightest Thing. And it could just be an attention grabber. It could just be like a, a cinematic choice. Yeah, like, hey, he's our main character. Pay attention, Pay attention to, him. to him. But I, I, like, I like to think of it as that like he's, you know, it's almost like unconsciously he's trying to be happier by dressing that way. That's what I agree. I was yeah. just about to say something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it only makes sense why he would be the only... Because even Amy wears, you know, grays yeah. and very dark greens and... But he's always in red or yellow. and. But here's what I love more about the costume design is that it shows a, a sense of learning. And I'll explain what that means. Um, I'm sure you noticed the clothespin right? yeah. in his pocket too because the, the device is so short. That oh, yeah. We forgot to mention their phones are flip phones. But they fold all the way around more like a like a note like a little notebook. I read it was more like a a, a vintage cigarette case. Oh, that's so cool. Is what it kind of looks like. But it has cameras on both sides, right? Right. And for Samantha to see, um, he just he puts the clothespin to where he can have it in his pocket and still have the camera visible outside of the pocket. But as the movie progresses, he also puts one on the side so it doesn't fall over. I don't know if you noticed that either. Oh no, I, um, I did notice the one, the one under, yeah. uh, uh, like at the bottom of the breast. Eventually, he puts one on the side so it stays upright, and so it doesn't uh, tilt one way or the other. Huh. Which I love. I love that attention to detail. They don't mention it. They don't even mention the close. The first one, yeah. The first clothespin. You just have to realize, oh, it's so he can put it in his pocket, yeah, and have the camera show. And I thought that was genius. And then of course when he adds the second one. Which is just a, an added attention to, oh, he's learned that if he moves too much, it'll tilt. And so yeah. to keep it upright, straight, up and down, he has to put that second close. I, wonderful. I loved it so much. And this isn't like, we're not we're not done yet. And I just, but I just realized, like, I completely forgot. I wanted to t- really get into the, the, the sex surrogate. Um, oh, we forgot about that. Well, yeah. We? So, okay, I know a lot of you, Zach, are probably like, sex surrogate? 
you know. So no, he's seen the movie. I'm, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to pretend that he hasn't. That's insane. That's insane behavior. <laughs> um. So after his meeting with Catherine to sign the divorce papers, and after Catherine obliterates him for dating his computer, he he's feeling very uneasy now about his relationship with Samantha. Um. Like, is she right? Am I weird? Like, is this weird? And Samantha, you know, again, what you're saying of Scarlett playing her as a real person, you know, it's like, you know, you've been really distant. We haven't had sex in a while. Like, what's wrong? And, you know, he's keeping her at arm's length. Like, oh, no, no, nothing's wrong. It's just, you know, there's just a lot, you know, I just have a lot going on. And so Samantha offers up a solution of this thing called a sex surrogate where it just kind of visualize everyone listening the scene in Blade Runner 2049 yeah of it's exactly like that are yeah are you proud of me now dad yeah it's it's exactly like that um where Anna de Armas being uh um Kay's AI for his home yeah Wants to have sex with him, yeah. but she can't because she's an AI, a holographic AI. It's basically her with replicants. Yeah, uh. essentially. But rather than, and I, and this is something I, I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, is I really liked that it wasn't too overtly sci-fi. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this real woman who has an earpiece in so she can hear Samantha. And she has, a, I like the mole as a little camera. And she is willing and consenting to having sex with Theodore, but under the guise that she is Samantha. And Theodore is kind of, he's very apprehensive about it. Very, he's just very kind of weirded out by it, but he's willing to try because Samantha says, and I, and I love this is it's important to me. Yeah. It's, it's important to Samantha. So he's willing to try. And for a second there, you think like, okay, everything's good. Um, until Isabel, played by Portia Doubleday, turns around and then that's what, it, that kills it for him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost like... She's in uh, Mr. Robot, by the way. Uh, she's Rami Malek's uh, friend. In and she's also, she was also in that stupid remake of Carrie. Didn't see it. It's, Julianne Moore's the highlight. Yeah. That's it. That's what the I rest heard. of the movie sucks. Anyways... Um, but it's almost like Theodore was really getting into it as long as he didn't see her face. Right. He's, I mean, he's so used to not seeing anybody. Yeah. But as soon as she turns around, cause Samantha wants to turn around, it's, he, he can't do it. And he, he makes, um, Isabel feel really bad. It's. It's awkwardly funny that she got so so upset, so upset. Like, I was it's, her, like, like it's her fault, you know. And I love how he's like trying to console her, like, no, 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 it's not you. Like I got in my own head, like it's not you. But then this causes tension between Samantha and uh, and Theodore, which is what I was referring to about they went through tr- some trials. Yeah. Um. And you know, and they do come out stronger, and then we get our three-pronged gut punch of revelations. Right, right, right. But for a while, things are fine afterwards. Yeah. And it's just so crazy that this was almost a relationship ender, in a way. 
you know? Yeah. Samantha really trying to give Theodore what she thinks their relationship is missing, which is she doesn't have a body. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I just, I really like that. You know, it's like, I want to, I love you. I want to be with you. Yeah. What I think you need is, because I don't have a body. Well, hey, there's this girl. She does this with couples. This is what she wants to do. You know. So anyway, I, I just, I, 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 it literally hit me. As we were getting close for you, for you to say some of Alan's quotes, yeah, I was yeah. like, "Wait, wait, wait, hang on, wait. We need it. 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 We need to back up real quick." <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and I, I just really like that scene, you know, and it's, yeah. I mean, it's like the whole movie. No, oh, of course, <laughs> the movie's okay. great. The movie's a lot better than I remember it being. I just remember it being. I remember liking it. I remember it being good. And shout out to Spike Jones for playing the little alien boy in this yeah. video game. Well, and I love that Bill Hader was also on the on the chat. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning before. So I thought it was really funny they had two SNL alums yeah. play on like this. I wonder if this was during when they did Skeleton Twins. Uh, Bill Hader Ooh. and Chris. Shout Lake. out to Skeleton Twins, man. Also very good. That movie is so good. Yeah. Um, the movie is good. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, Spike Jones is awesome, man. So okay, so tell me these these quotes because I I've been kind of so Christ- curious. Uh, Christopher Orr, uh, writer for the Atlantic, uh, did a um, a review for her. I was reading it and I really liked it, but he began the uh, the review with these Alan Watts quotes, and because okay. it's like of all the people, Spike Jones chose Alan Watts right for these AIs to recreate. Mm-hmm. Here are the two quotes. The first one. Tell me these quotes. Uh, For the mass majority of American families, what seems to be the real point of life, uh, what you rush home to get to, is to watch an electronic reproduction of life. This purely passive contemplation of a Twittering screen. Okay. Okay. So people coming home to watch TV. Right. This is uh, Alan Watts, um, and it's an excerpt from What is Wrong with Our Culture. (laughs) all right oh this one's longer um sorry everyone jeremy can't read i really can't and this is like really hard for me uh do you want me to read it no are you sure yes okay uh in the beginning there was only the self like a person alone but the self had no delight as one alone has no delight the it sorry it desired another it expanded to the form of a male and female in tight embrace and fell into two parts. She thought, how can he have intercourse with me having produced me from himself? And this is, uh, Alan Watts, uh, the sound of Hinduism. Okay. So, I mean, it's, so it's again with these quotes, it it's expanding on the ideas the movie presents, which is um, the imitation of, of life, life, right? Mm-hmm. The this production of life, right? Right. Uh, and of course, this one, which is, um, and of course, it's taken 
loosely from, you know, the Adam and Eve story where, you know, Eve is created from Adam's rib, right? Right. Um, created from himself. So it, it's, it's Theodore having a relationship with something that he not created himself, but, but, uh, you know, a lot of himself, you know, Samantha grabbed a lot of her personality from the questions he was asked mm-hmm. in the, in the beginning. Um, they're asking about, you know, the, his relationship, relationship with his mother, mother and, yeah. you know, is he an introvert or extrovert? Something like that. Um, and so pieces of himself are in Samantha. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I, I like that if you're not into, you know, philosophy, I'm not right. I, I like that Spike Jones chose Alan Watts. And of course you would need to dive into Alan, who Alan Watts is and what he was all about. And then you kind of go, got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, and mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating and I, and I really liked that, uh, this, this writer chose to open his criticism with those quotes. Yeah. Which yeah, is really that, fascinating. I, I think it it sort of starts picking away at what this movie is trying to say. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, yeah. are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am. I am. I really love this movie. So do I, man. Um, I, I uh, When I got home, I told Ashley, I was like, you need to watch it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yes, it's moments are a bit awkward. I was like, but I think you would really like it. Um, just cause it's such, you know, kind of, you know, shout out to our single man episode is this beautiful story of, of love and, and loss granted single man loss being the death of your loved one. This being the loss of the love that you knew in someone else and then finding it again in something else and something else. Did you pull that from the the description that you sent? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and I made it work. So full circle. Yep, that's full circle, baby. Um, but yeah, you know, and I, I really like. I, I had no doubt in my mind that I wasn't gonna enjoy this movie because, you know, as we've talked about off mic, um, I love Walking Phoenix. We both do. Have we talked about another movie of his? At all? Yeah, of course. We talked about uh, You Were Never Really Here. That's right. Shout out to our You Were Never Really Here episode. Um, Phenomenal. I, lo- I love Walking Phoenix. Uh, I love Scarlett Johansson. I think eventually I've seen it, but um, we should do The Master eventually. Oh, Philly uh, C. Yep. Philly C. And wasn't this after Joaquin's sort of hiatus from acting? Yes. Yeah. After he claimed he was going to become a rapper? Okay, that was a mockumentary. It was fake. And it was directed by Casey Affleck. Of all Dude, time. I do actually, I still want to see that. Do too. you? Yeah. I think Not Hastings has it. Just because they were so, they were like. They committed so, so hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, in all the interviews I remember seeing of Joaquin giving, he was like, yeah, no, I, I'm quitting acting and I'm going to be a rapper. It's hilarious. And of course, you know, it's that famous David Letterman uh appearance mm-hmm. where of course david famously is like well joaquin sorry you couldn't be here tonight uh <laughs> real bummer. after you know he was just it's like pulling teeth i mean it was so awkward and so terrible of course that's the whole point 
right? Yeah, and then I don't think he told David Letterman. What was oh no, be. man, absolutely but, not. But you know, it's just the commitment is it's something to be admired. I think. I feel like that's what Andy Samberg was trying to achieve with pop star, kind of sort of. It's it's sort of you know what it is, and you know why, I'm sure my dad hates it. Is it's very Andy Kaufman. The, oh, dude, the commitment to the bit, dude. Shout out to Andy Kaufman. Is so is so strong. Shout out to Man on the Moon. Shout out to Milos Forman, guys. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Jim Carrey. Um, shout out to he's not actually dead. Oh my god. No, he's he's for sure dead. Well, we'll see. Uh, all right, Jeremy. So we had a great talk about her. Yes. What are we talking about next week? So I mean, technically, in less than six days. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I was going through my list and I was like, okay, we've done Tinker Taylor. We've done her. Let's switch it up. Let's do a foreign film. Let's do foreign language. Tight. Um, and so I have a few foreign language films on my list. Yes, you do. Uh, this one is going to be a little different than the other two. Um, which is why I, I chose it because I really want to start, you know, really shuffling these films around. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be Ingmar Bergman's one and only horror film, Hour of the Wolf. Ooh. Um, Max von Sydow is the main actor. I don't know anything about it, really. Uh, I bought this set. Not the Criterion one. That's $200. I'm not made of money. Um, You're not? No. I'm poor. What about, I'm so the, what poor. about the $200 Fellini set? Oh, I'm so poor, you guys. I'm trying to... Oh, yeah. We didn't to say... Hey, you know what? We'll... Yeah. Finish your thing and okay. then we'll say. And so uh, I I found it on Amazon, the set of, I think it's like five or six movies uh, of Bergman's for like 15 bucks. And nice. one of one of these DVDs, a DVD, I tried to buy Hour of the Wolf on its own. It's like 50 bucks on its really? own. Really? But I found the whole set. It's got like Persona, Shame. Uh, it's got a bunch of movies on the Hour of the Wolf. I mean, it's awesome. I'm very excited uh, for 15 bucks. So I'm really excited. Hour of the Wolf. Good luck finding it. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Dang. I may have to come over and... S- yeah. We may just have to watch it together. Yeah, I'll probably just snuggle on the couch and watch it together. Uh, Very excited. Well, actually, so the announcement... Uh, I meant to actually start this at the top of the show because technically... Technically, it happened last week? No. Well, no. Mm. Two weeks ago. We'd already recorded that episode. Yeah, we'd already yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'd already recorded that episode. So, um, so I mean, of course, you guys don't know this because we don't give you our personal I would info. never. Uh, but my boy is engaged. I am. Haley and I are engaged. We are getting married to each um, other. We will eventually have Haley on the show. We've had... Probably. We've had Ashley on the show. I mean, it was before it was us. Yeah. But Ashley's been on the show, so I feel like it's only... Fair, fair that Haley should be on the show i agree um so if we were to watch hour of the wolf together you would be snuggling with Haley, as i would be the awkward third wheel over there it's kind of like there is no way on this earth she would, she would watch way. it <laughs> yeah uh as soon as i tell her it's foreign it's in swedish she'll be like no, i'm good yeah when ashley I'm came home well, I'm, you know you know uh that sounds dumb i'm not watching that yeah i'm not watching that and uh, and the fact that it's a horror movie, forget it. There's no way she's watching it. Dude. But uh, it's going to be like a, it's an artsy, you know, art house horror film. I mean, I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be great. 
And if not, I'll just come steal your copy. Okay. Um, all right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed her. And we'll see you next week for Hour of the Wolf.